Now, for something completely different, the broadcasting veteran who taught Joe Rogan absolutely nothing, Brian Wilson. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and people of all sexes, especially all of you generously funding the new congressional pay raise you did not know about, welcome once again to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside. It's this week's Karen Evil 9 episode of the two and only, our notorious slide down the razor blade of life preferred by a majority over an audio replay of The View. Former overmodulator for several legacy talk stations, Brian Wilson's my name. You know who you are. I'll be your mangler of ceremonies for this post-Halloween spooktacular. Joining me once again is renowned investigative journalist, the neutron bomb for the New York Post, and this week's winner of the popular Elvira, mistress of the dark, anatomically correct blow-up doll, sporting his seasonally adjusted facial shrubbery and author of his soon-to-be-released 11th bestseller, Rights Lost almost entirely in its original form, James Bovard. Well, James. Brian, thanks for your kind words. Uh, uh, an Elvira blow-up doll. You know, I haven't haven't had any blow-up dolls ever, but uh, there was someone that once claimed on my um, profile Wikipedia that, that I was known to abuse a volleyball. Uh, that was probably before uh, that movie with... Uh, uh, Tom Hanks came out with the. Uh... Uh, no, it was after the movie came out, and that's what inspired it. But I was thinking, like, you know, I have spiked a few volleyballs, but that's as far as I went. Coincidentally, of course, you probably recall that volleyball's name was Wilson. So, uh, well, I didn't recall because I didn't see the movie that people told uh, me about. And I was thinking, like, having been raised in the mountains, I was um, um, raised in the mountains. I heard enough sheep jokes for a lifetime. Well, there you so, go. So yeah. I didn't go for the volleyballs. Well, just as well. It was an interesting movie, um, I guess. I mean, I saw it a couple of times. It has a sparked a number of interesting questions, but who cares? Before we uh, jump into your um, your New York Post piece on the pay raise that Congress so generously gave itself, I need to need to find out uh, since I haven't seen it on the shelf down at uh, Books a Million Delicatessen and Bowling Alley. Here, I uh, was wondering how uh, how rights lost is uh, coming along. Is it uh, first of all, is it still the operative title, and um, are you any closer to a printing press? Uh, Last rights is the title. Uh, the death of American liberty. Yeah, it's closer to a printing press. I'm going back and forth to editors and indexers and uh, uh, people that are doing the layout. So uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it's scrambling. It's um, it's um, not quite like the roof is on fire, but there's mm. a, a number of little things to uh, hammer down, and I'm having fun tweaking the first sentence of the book to make it, uh, <laughs> it you know, a little zestier, maybe a little more playful, and make it more likely that the uh, it will make a lot of the uh, respectful publishers happy that they never touched the manuscript. You didn't go with... It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. You didn't use that, did you? Well, I was checking, and it turned out that the Charles Dickens copyright did expire. But uh, I was thinking for the uh, 4 or 5% of people who might recognize that from the high school literature class, mm. that it would not be good to start with a uh, raise and overlap. True, true that. Well, there was always in a galaxy long ago and far away— which is a much better line nowadays because people would know <laughs> Galaxy better than they knew the French Revolution. Yeah. 
And I guess in the beginning is kind of a little trite and only would go along with the uh, the Christians in the audience, but whatever. So uh, you know what? I didn't. I did not scribble down the um, the subtitle. If that is a subtitle, last rites. The Death of American Freedom, is that it? The uh, Death of American Liberty. Death of American uh, Liberty. This is, this is a parallel of the 1994 St. Martin's Version, Lost Rights, the Destruction of, right. of American Liberty. And so I was, you know, I was happy to be able to, uh, in some ways, do an update with lots of good news. Yeah, well, I, um, I'm looking forward. Let me see. This is, uh, we're into November and I'm uh, I'm sure hoping. Uh, but and the last time we chatted, I think you indicated, uh, at least with fingers crossed, a pre-Thanksgiving avail would be likely. Hope lives eternal. <laughs> it might be hell if I know. I mean, I'm I was raised in the mountains, so I know how to use my elbows. But uh, it's some great folks working on the book, and uh, they've done a lot to sharpen uh, presentation. Uh, a lot of the passages, and so um, I'm in their debt, and we're racing forward as fast as we can go, and just, uh, yes, period. Okay. Well, you know, I guess, uh, you know, when it's here, it's here, and we'll uh, we'll go with the program, and uh, when we can, I hope that the folks who are doing whatever they're doing uh, do it as expediently as possible, especially since we already discussed how many shopping days there are to Christmas and all the rest of that business. That's the same thing which I mentioned to them, more or less. <laughs> well, I wanted to focus uh, for a moment, uh, since we've been kind of choppy in some of our conversations here. A couple, about a week or so ago, you came up with the uh, con uh, Congress's unconstitutional pay raise scandal. And I, it's, uh, by the way, it's posted at jimbovard.com if, you, if you've already uh, trashed your copy of the post or you can't access it online. As the fog of uh, war and reliable information uh, hangs over the Middle East, and uh, the mainstream media outlets are continuing with their 24-7 redundant coverage. Um, I think a lot of people might be surprised to know there are other maudlin events being ignored by the our myopic media and just might be of greater personal consequence to those here in America. For example, this article by, uh, by Jim, uh, the latest pay raise Congress voted for itself without any approval from uh, from you or the pesky Constitution with the nearly anonymous 27th Amendment. Of course, you you know the Constitution was written to protect your rights from government habits of ignoring them and so on, intrusion. But uh, it doesn't seem to be working out that way. So uh, what about that, Jim? The uh, government just decides, the Congress decides they want to scarf up some extra bucks out of the Treasury, and they just go ahead and do it. Is that it? Well, it brings back the old saying, uh, the Constitution isn't perfect, but it's better than what we have now. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, so what happened, Congress <laughs> passed a, a constitutional amendment. Congress and, and, and the states ratified, uh, first passed by Congress and ratified by the states, that uh, prohibited uh, members of Congress from raising, raising their salary until after the next election, basically as a way to uh, make it a lot more difficult for politicians to take the money and run. So what happened at the end of last year, after the last election, a House committee uh, decided that uh, members of Congress should be able to claim an automatic reimbursement of $258 a night for lodging uh, and $79 a day for meals for the time that they're forced to spend in Washington, D.C. I mean, you know, it's a really sad story. You know, you got these conscripts 
who, uh, through no fault of their own, are, are, are being pressured, expected, and even uh, cajoled to come uh, to spend time in Washington, D.C. So they're victims. And since they're victims, they uh, vote themselves around 300 and some dollars per day. And to make it more efficient, the members of Congress don't need to have any receipts. Yeah, I thought you brought out in the article, too, that they, so they're going to get this, uh, whatever it is, $248, $36 in addition, whatever the precise amount is, doesn't really matter. It comes around 300 bucks. Not only do they not have to have receipts, they don't even have to spend it. I mean, they don't really have to actually go and have a meal or spend a night or do anything else. All they have to do is just say, give me, and they get it, right? Yeah, it's a marvel of efficiency. I mean, you know, they're very concerned <laughs> about excess paperwork. Now, mind you, that doesn't apply if the IRS is doing an audit of you, but for the members of Congress, you know, they're just trying to set, uh, you know, uh, set the gold standard for avoiding unnecessary paperwork. Well, the article points out, uh, you know, that uh, most members of Congress are already millionaires. Uh, a lot of them are landlords, and they can get rent out the kazooty uh, with no limit there. And of course, as we all went to school, at least from a revelation standpoint, Nancy Pelosi taught us there's no limit to the big bucks they can pick up from insider stock trading. So uh, first of all, that's illegal for everybody else. Secondly, it's rather insulting with all the money they are making to sit there and poor mouth their way into a, into a, into a raise. They, um, I, I kind of wonder, has the new Speaker of the House, uh, Mike, can I get an amen, Johnson, made any promises to put an end to that? I, I would have kind of thought his Christian conscience would be offended by condoning otherwise illegal practices on his watch. You are the idealist. Yeah, um, I am. I am. It's true. It's true. I admit it. But it's a good setup for you. So yeah, it, it was it was a <laughs> slow pitch across the plate. Uh, I'm I'm not aware that Speaker Johnson has said anything about this. I would be surprised if he does. Um, well, uh, I hope he surprises me. I'll just say it like that. But. No, I mean this was a, this was a backroom deal. It was basically an automatic thing, and it's just it's just a measure of how little shame that members of Congress, members of the House, have. I don't the the Senate has not formally done the same thing. I would not be surprised if they followed suit, though. Well, I, I I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, holidays are coming. You got shopping to do, trips to take, you know. And there's just so much of that that's covered by, by the taxpayers before you get gold bars are are pretty expensive now. As, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They're, yeah, the they're center up, uh, New Jersey learned two thousand dollars an ounce. You know, sixteen. Finally, finally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, how many how many times was that promised? You know, this is the year. This is the year. Gold's going to you know just blast past two thousand dollars. And it did for what about an hour and a half, and you know they came back down to whatever. But anyway, the uh, so they get 174, 175 grand a year, which is um, what is that? That's about average. That's about the average salary for the average American these days, Jim. Is that right? Well, it's certainly they've you know they've certainly treated themselves well, but uh, but but there's still the uh, stench of self pity when these politicians try to justify this uh, secret pay raise. It's like. Well, uh, it's a big struggle. It's this, it's that. You know, I mean, it's um, it's important not to exclude poor people from Congress. Was the basic rationale that was? Yeah, I remember by that part. That they were actually saying that the only way we can get quality people to run for office is if we pay them more. So let's give ourselves a raise, and that way, uh, uh, more more quality type people will uh, will run for office. But then you had that one joker from somewhere was he in Florida. 
that, that, that had a lousy credit. Was it Maxwell Frost? That was the name. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> Guy's got a lousy credit rating, so he can't he can't uh, he can't get clearance on renting an apartment in Washington, and he starts uh, you know moaning and groaning to his constituents, and that actually had the opportunity to you know to, uh, created the atmosphere for the. Uh, for this uh, this legislation, this pay raise, whatever the hell you want to call it, this ripoff, uh, because Frost didn't pay his bills. But a deal. Yeah, it's. Uh, but this is how politicians view the um, uh, American people. They're just there to, uh, you know, to uh, pay the bills of the politician and to uh, just uh, to keep paying and obeying, as the old saying yeah. goes. Well, I'd say I think, like you said, in one part of the one part of the uh, the article, uh, this is pretty good training. Uh, for for congressmen, they spend trillions of dollars that nobody's got. You know, they just um, so what the hell? We can do that. Uh, Rand Paul had an interesting piece the other day. He was yapping with somebody on Fox, saying that apparently the Biden administration wants to send a billion dollars to everybody all around the world, Middle East, Ukraine, doesn't matter, and that there's a really good chance that that kind of profligate spending will uh, wind up bankrupting the company, the uh, company, the country. Might as well be a company. Yeah, it's, well, uh, that's certainly certainly the trend that's going on. So I mean, it's. Uh... It's just amazing that uh, that the Biden folks think that they can uh, keep throwing these uh, you know tens and twenties and fifty billion dollars to this country and that country, and that it's, no, it's going to have no adverse impact. The Biden folks, um, all that matters is if, if 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 they can keep the lid on the financial damage until the uh, you know the uh, past the second Tuesday of November coming up, yeah. uh, twenty twenty four. That's all that matters. I mean. Uh, oh, I, wait, wait, wait. I heard a, I heard a comment. I heard a comment from a guy. Uh, I, I, again, I don't I don't recall his, uh, his he's a Republican. I know that. I, I, and he said that actually he wanted a uh, continuing resolution to take him into January. The reason being, and I love this, so we'd have more time to negotiate. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, That's a neat oh, slapper. Great negotiators. Yeah, yeah, especially uh, the Republicans. But you know, I, I wonder how many people, you know, really understand, you know, this kind of. It's not just the the money and so on, which obviously is a big important part of it, and the fact that they can do so without having to ask anybody for a raise or justify it in any way. But the but that a congressman, there there are no job requirements. There's no uh, qualifying points on a resume. You don't have to have a college degree. You don't have to claim civil service experience at any level from the PTA or Boy Scouts or whatever. Residency requirements could be flexible in some states like California. I know Newsom tried to get that, that woman out of New York to replace Feinstein. You're not required to attend any meetings. You don't have to attend any of the caucuses or any of the rest of that. You don't have to vote. You don't have to vote on pending legislation or resolutions or anything. You don't have to do anything. You know, plus you get this really groovy retirement and benefits package, all paid for by your grateful constituency, the American tax sucker, a taxpayer. So uh, yep, why not? This is a great yep, gig. Yep, yep. It's a uh, it's a hell of a deal. So um, it's um, so many different levels of uh, BS. Is it's it's like peeling an onion. Yeah, true that. But uh, in, on a semi-serious note, uh, getting back to that poor, totally ignored Twenty Seventh Amendment. Uh, last week, uh, we touched on that Jonathan Turley article about American rejecting the Constitution and embracing violence. Well, putting aside the violence part for a moment, uh, you know, you've um, you've made a big chunk of your career writing about government and politicians' nasty habits of not playing by the rules that the Constitution sets down. So, okay, for, I mean, from presenting a budget, declaring war, 
self-imposed pay raises. I mean, these people are nothing but a bunch of addicts, you know, uh, strung out on power and and a decided lack of accountability from the voters. So uh, I, even Biden, Biden uh, is the, with the bit with the uh, Supreme Court says you can't uh, just give whatever uh, forgiveness. You can't give forgiveness to do to the student loan business just as a vote buying scheme. So to paraphrase the old advertising slogan, what's a voter to do? If the voters as individuals and even in small collective groups cannot force accountability out of congressmen, senators, president, elected officials, whatever the hell you want to call them, then what reason is there to believe that there's any end to this? You know, they just keep kicking the can down the road, even when they run out of road. Who cares? You know, they're not accountable to it, even despite your recommendations in your in your column. Well, it's important not to lose faith in the will of the people. Uh huh. Yeah. Well. I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a mess, and I don't know if there's any good answer. I don't know if there's a solution. And at this point, I mean, there are so many people who are so gullible or so uh, ignorant that, it's, uh, you know, I don't see where the hinge is to uh, pivot on this. Yeah, well, I think uh, gullible and ignorance probably go, uh, go hand in glove. True. But on top of that, there's a large percentage of folks who are on the take. Uh, maybe not taking bribes, but are relying on government payments. Uh, and and many of them are just basically have ballots that are bought and paid for. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's the, uh, I don't know what point the entire system, you know, uh, implodes, but um, unless there's a change in the course and, and also unless the Washington policymakers realize Maybe it's not a good idea to have all these multiple wars going on abroad that we're helping fuel. Yeah. I mean, oh, we can uh, do it for the United States. We can do Ukraine. We can do the Middle East. We can we can do the Philippines, Taiwan. I mean, you know, pick a place, any place. We got. Uh, I, I just it's fascinating the hubris and the ignorance, uh, the aggressive ignorance of these people. I, 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 I'm just kind of looking for, you know, a little good news. Uh, um, unless I've been. You uh, want a good news? Why are you talking to me? Well, I, uh, why not? You know, the uh, you're, you're justifying my my uh, my sarcasm and my uh, my irony, and so <laughs> it's a, it's uh, it's not a matter of expecting it. It's just a matter of you got to do something with your time. I was thinking well, about people like um, like Tom Fitton and Judicial Watch and uh, and some of these other groups, Institute for Justice, uh, the Buckeye Institute out in Ohio. Uh, Gun Owners of America. I mean, there's uh, there's all these little, relatively small groups that are funded, you know, by by some big bucks, but largely by by individuals and so on. I mean, they're at least uh, keeping the feet to the fire on some of these issues. I know. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. The, the, uh, a number of those groups you mentioned have done excellent work. But to take a step or two back to the uh, question of good news, we, we were talking about all the different wars, and one element of good news is that. The, uh, I think the Wall Street Journal had a piece in the last couple of days editorial page on, on the severe crisis for military recruiting right now. Ah, yes. And folks are, you know, uh, folks even where I went to uh, college down in southwest Virginia, the mountains of West Virginia, all these places in rural America, these folks are watching what the uh, Washington politicians are doing. They're seeing where, where they've sent American troops, National Guard included, for a tour after tour after tour, and it hasn't, you know, um, it doesn't seem to have done much good in the vast majority of places. 
But but the politicians don't care because they are uh, treating a lot of soldiers like beasts of burden, including the National Guard, who, um, you know, the National Guard did not sign up to be sent to Niger or Afghanistan or, or Iraq. I mean, these are not National Guard type of things, according to the uh, standard American uh, understanding. But but the politicians have exploited that. And, and some people are saying, well, you know, if, if people don't sign up for the military, what we have to do is bring back a military conscription. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, and, you know, folks have been, uh, you know, consuming too many magic mushrooms because uh, uh, because if they think that the uh, 20-somethings, uh, late teenagers, are are, are going to you know, show up for to, uh, to be cannon fodder for politicians, I don't think so. I think we're past that stage. But well, I've been wrong before many times. Well, I also had a concurrent article with that was that a, a lot of the people that are already in uniform are not prepared to actually go into battle because they have a big, no pun intended, obesity problem. Yep, yep, yeah. There are so many different problems uh, that are uh, that have uh, uh, spread like wildfire in uh, throughout the federal government, uh, and and the military is part of that. And yeah, it's just the uh, the thought of throwing these folks. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, all that. They, uh, I mean, it's not just the not the fact that the, the ones, the guys who are already enlisted and have a uniform are out of shape and overweight and all the rest, uh, but the uh, but the, to recruit into, like you said, and put them into a meat grinder that that is that is just not going to happen. And on top of that, then you've got your your gender fluidity and you've got to have your right pronouns and all the rest of this uh, woke vocabulary that has to be memorized and abided by. It's just. No wonder they're not getting any recruits. I just can't. Uh, I can't really imagine it. The old bit about you know learn a trade and serve a few years and get out and get all your VA benefits and then you hear how they're being treated at the VA hospitals and all the rest. It's just uh, it is a uh, it is a train wreck. But um, at least at least we have articles like this, podcasts like this, and other people like we mentioned that are at least uh, keeping the uh, home fires burning and. And that uh, candle of hope, listening in the window. It's um, a Roman candle. That, <laughs> Roman candles would even be better. A lot more exciting to watch them flickering flame. All right, so last rites, the death of American liberty. Uh, coming soon, but not now, to an advanced purchase Amazon page. Uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll get word uh, from that. Hopefully, yes. I, I yes. said ho hopefully, hopefully. Well, give me the name of somebody to call and nag. I'll be happy to do it for you. I could be your uh, part-time agent. I've learned some stuff. You know, I can. Uh... Um, well, um, they're good folks, and I think we'll get everything worked out in, in a timely fashion. Well, I'm they're sure they will, folks. and I I know that uh, diplomatically you have to put that out there. But I'm just thinking, you That's know, true. So maybe maybe we can put. A, oh, I'm sure they're wonderful people. I just think a little outside pressure might be, uh, you know, sometimes these uh, literary types, the editor types. You taught me a lot about editors. I'll tell you that. I uh, ha, ha. well, uh, uh, Brian, I'm just sorry I made you cynical. <laughs> well, that wasn't difficult. I uh, I learned from the master. That's all I can say. Uh, anyway, um, save uh, save your as much of your Christmas budget as possible for uh, for that. Last rites, the death of American liberty, and you can certainly pair it with any one of the other ten bestsellers that are out there. Uh, again, if you're on a budget, you can grab a copy of uh, 
50 Stories, 50 Years in Radio, my last one, and um, get that free subscription to Substack where you'll, uh, one of the parting shots on that is you'll get an automatic reminder uh, every time the uh, two and only are up to our, up to our old tricks here on the uh, podcast. Um, by the way, uh, members of the studio audience are all going to be receiving a six-pack of Fort Bragg drinking water. That's just been made available. I'm sure everybody's going to want to line up for that, and we got a we got a good deal on that. So for uh, Jim Bobard and our landscape architecture, uh, Joe Ted, who once yelled "movie" in a crowded fire department building, Brian Wilson reminding you: ask not what you can do for your country, ask what you can do for yourself. Pull the plug, Joe. <laughs>